Well, it's great to be here. You know what people said? Praise the Lord. And uh, it's just wonderful. Uh, just want to say a, a big thanks to all our brothers and sisters that have made a huge effort um, coming here from overseas and interstate. It's um, it's wonderful having you here and hearing your testimonies. And uh, I'm sure we're going to uh, have lots of fellowship and build each other up. Uh, we're one in the spirit. And uh, that's why we've been called. It's it's the Lord that is, this is the Lord's handiwork. It's it's fantastic. It's uh it's something that we uh, never tire of. Today, I've, I wanted to talk about uh, being strangers and pilgrims on the earth. And uh, it's it's uh, a thing that the Lord has done. He's, uh, he's separated us from this world, and uh, we're different. I just want to start in Hebrews chapter 11, uh, verse 13. As you're going there, I'm just going to read out a few points here. We have, um, we have no connection to this dying world. It's already coming out in the talks that uh, where we need to always have in the back of our minds that at any moment, and that's the amazing thing about being in the Lord, the reality of our life is that at any moment uh, things will change and in a twinkling of an eye, we're up with the Lord. It's It's that it's that that's in the, the back of our mind and we, and that governs everything that we do after we're born again. Uh, we, we have the mind of Christ and yeah, we go about our daily life, but there's never a strong connection to this life. It's like the, the quick release here. We're always, we're not, we're not sort of, um, uh, anchored down. We're not using dynabolts here. Um, we're, we're sort of, uh, we're on quick release. When the Lord wants us, we're out of here. And that's the sort of thing uh, that needs to be in the back of our mind. As um, we're thinking of these things, as Paul was going about uh, his work, uh, in 2 Timothy, it's a, it's a bit of a warning not to be connected to this world. In 2 Timothy 4, verse 10, just quote it, For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed to Thessalonica. So, you know, that's a, a bit of a warning. And we've had this in our life where people um, stop thinking that they're strangers and pilgrims and start connecting themselves to this life. And whatever it is, they've got some, they've, they've actually swapped the Lord for something else, whether it's uh, materialistic things or, or hobbies or, or other desires that have um, taken up their first love with the Lord. And it's something that we've got to consider that, we need to remember this, that um, even people that were involved in the Lord, and here um, Demas was involved, somehow he, um, he departed his, his calling and he got caught up in the world. And so there's, uh, there's, there's that in, in, uh, in our lives that we just need to continue on. The other thing is that um, you, you think about taking a holiday or, or traveling. Lots of us have traveled to come here. You only take the important things, don't you? Because when you're traveling, the worst thing you could do is just lug around things that you don't need. And that's what the Lord uh, says, that we that's the way we should walk with the Lord, is that, okay, we need to free ourselves up so um, we, we're available for the work of the Lord. That, uh, you know, we're not, 
we don't hold three jobs, um, have different hobbies on a, on a Sunday, um, you know, get involved with sport on uh, weekdays and, and all that sort of thing. That's, that's the type of thing that the Bible's saying that just be ready to be in service for the Lord and free your life up because this could be your last moments on earth at any time. Uh, it's, it's why the Lord hasn't told us when he's coming. Uh, it's, uh, it, that, that is uh, a mystery. So the Lord says, I just want you to serve me and I'll look after the time that I come back, but I, I just want you in service to me. Um, <clears throat> just got some points here. So you're in uh, verse 13, but leading to verse 13, it talks about some really amazing examples that we all know. In verse 4, I won't read the verse, Just I'll just do some doc points here. But there's really good examples here of people that weren't attached to this present world. Uh, the example of Abel in verse 4, it says that he offered a more excellent sacrifice and resulted in his testimony living forever. We still talk about what Abel did. And that uh, we're called to bring our sacrifice, which is our life. We lay down our lives. Uh, we repented. We went through the waters of baptism. We died to this old life. And now our life is a living sacrifice. And so that's the thing. That's not being attached. It's the same sort of uh, sacrifice that Abel gave. God is pleased with us doing that. He's pleased with us letting go of our old life, repenting, getting baptized, receiving God's spirit, and then being available for the Lord. That's what the Lord wants. Uh, verse 5, it says that uh, Enoch, his testimony, that he put God first, which pleased God. That's, uh, that's his testimony. And that he, that Enoch was involved in this, um, transformation, this, uh, no, we, we believe in, um, the resurrection power of God, that we're not going to be in these bodies forever, that we're going to be translated. We're going to be changed in the twinkling of an eye. And so he didn't see death and we won't see death. We won't taste of death. Our life is different. I just quote verse 6, but uh, but without faith, it, it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Um, and that that's binds all this together. That's how you, you set your course serving the Lord. Verse 7, it says that Noah, uh, he set a course of action. He believed God. And he actioned his belief, and it resulted in salvation for him and his family. Verse 8, the testimony of Abraham is that he believed God. And that's how simple our life, we don't need to have a complicated life. Whatever the word of God um, convinces us to do, and, and we're convicted in what we're reading, just obey that is what the Bible is saying. So with all that, we read verse 13, it says, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were, and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. And that's where we get it from. It's this example. It's following these attitudes. It's following 
these testimonies are how to overcome in this world and, and what sort of attitude we need um, uh, to, to follow this and, and have this overcoming life. I remember when I um, came to the Lord, I was 19, and what the scriptures are describing here about being a stranger and a pilgrim uh, just happened in my life. I, I remember I was witness to on a Wednesday night at the gym. Um, it was very, very quick. By Sunday, I was baptized, spirit-filled, and my whole life completely changed. And I became instantly, when I was filled with the Spirit, I became a stranger to the mates I was just hanging around about 12 hours earlier. And I remember they, I got baptized on Sunday, received the Spirit. We had, um, uh, later meetings then. We, we started our second meeting. 7.30? Did we start at 7.30? Or 6.30? Yeah. Or, oh yeah. We finished at 7.30, I think. Uh, I got home, had a good night, sleep, spirit filled. Uh, on Mondays with my mates, normally we'd uh, go out and smoke marijuana Monday night. So they rolled up and I was thinking, you know, my, I'm, I'm in a totally different world there and they, they rolled up in my driveway and I thought, okay, I'm, I'm going to go with them and I'm going to preach the gospel to them. So we're in the car and I'm trying to preach the gospel, but they, you know, they, they've started their marijuana smoking. And as I was talking in the car, I was just passing it over. I was just, you know, skip me. I've got something to say here. Uh, next thing you know, I couldn't see anyone in the car. I thought I better get out. So I'm, I've got out of the car and I'm witnessing to this sort of cloud of smoke in the car. And my mates just didn't know who I was. Who is this stranger? What is he talking about? You know, what, what is he on? Sort of thing. And, um, and they, uh, you know, I was just, I was just on a totally different path. You know, they, they were on something and I was on the Holy Spirit and I was on a, and I was just filled with uh, joy. I just, I just knew where I was going. For the first time in my life, I knew where I was going and I was, I was on this path and, um, lots of my friends were convinced, you know, they, they came, they checked out, check out the meetings. Um, you know, a couple of my, uh, brother Phil, four years later, he came along. Um, but it was such a fast change and, and I was actually the ringleader of this group. And yet, you know, I, I swapped and they were all in a bit of shock, but one by one, they could see that I had something. And, uh, they came along and, and checked things out. But that's the sort of thing that happens is as soon as you're filled with the Holy Spirit, um, you're a stranger to this world. And if you're starting to get along with people in this world and, and, and fitting in, then you've got to relook at your life and going, Oh, I'm getting too close here. You've just got to keep, uh, that separation because what we've got is life. What everyone else has got is death. And you've got to, it is a life and death calling. And so, uh, testimony needs to be clear, just like we just read here. Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, they were different. People could see them. They were strange. They weren't like the other people around about them. And so the Lord's given us the same testimony. It's the same spirit that we're not like other people around us. And uh, there is this separation and it is this totally different direction that the Lord has called us on. Um, keep, keep your finger there. We'll just go to first John chapter two and verse 15, just to tie it all in. First John chapter two, verse 
15, it says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And that's the key to our walk in the Lord, is that we cannot love the things of this world. We can like them, you know, you can, yeah, we, we, we have things in our lives, but what's commonly said in the fellowship, if it burns, it burns, you know, like I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna give my life for this stuff. Um, you know, we're here, we're occupying, uh, this life and, and the Lord, uh, blesses us in, in, in ways, in different ways, but, um, we'll never exchange it for our life in the Lord. And all the people said, we're never going to exchange anything here because um, we're seated in heavenly places. We think differently. We put value uh, on, on different things. Let's go to back to Hebrews 11, verse 14, and we'll continue on here. Verse 14 says, For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now, this is us, they've desired a better country, that is a heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. And that's the vision, folks. He's prepared for us. What are we thinking about all the time? It's the day of the Lord, isn't it? It's the day of the Lord. It's sort of like we're, we're preparing ourselves at every moment that we want to be ready on the day the Lord returns. And the things that we read in the Bible about uh, Jerusalem and uh, that, that heavenly vision, uh, the new Jerusalem, uh, us ruling and reigning with the Lord is what it's all about. And that's what keeps us detached from this world and heading uh, to this, uh, this heavenly, uh, calling, this, this better country, this thing that is prepared for us. Let's go to Daniel chapter six. And while we're going there, I just want to quote from Psalm 119 and verse 19. It's one verse here, uh, in a very long Psalm, but it's, uh, it says simply, I'm a stranger in the earth. Hide not thy commandments from me. And just a wonderful thought there that, Lord, I'm a stranger here and I don't want you to hide. I want to know your commandments and I don't want you to hide anything from me. And well, the Lord has um, not withheld anything. He's actually put so much in his word here that we can build a heavenly vision. We can, we can understand and, and sort of get a, uh, a glimpse, not that our natural mind can comprehend everything that we read here, but we get a, enough understanding to say that the life that we're heading to and the prize and the, and, uh, the whole concept of Jesus coming back is what we want to be part of. And here in Daniel chapter 6 and verse 10, we read, this is, uh, we pick up the story here. Daniel is in, um, uh, he's in a, he's in a strange land. He's, uh, he's away, you know, he's a, he's a Jewish man. Uh, and, uh, he, he lived in Jerusalem as a, as a young man. And now he's in Babylon. Uh, and here, Daniel, uh, verse 10, uh, it says, oh, actually, I'll, I'll tell you the story beforehand. This is, uh, when Daniel went into the lion's den. 
and uh, you've got the uh, king here, King Darius, who was misled into signing a law which uh, said that no one was, a- was able to pray or worship um, any other god or king except, you know, Darius and for 30 days. And um, the, the king was, was led to sign this, but the king's right-hand man and his help was Daniel. Didn't really realize that when he signs this law, he'll be putting a, a good man um, to death. And we read what Daniel's reaction was if he was to continue doing what he normally did, and that's, you know, being a stranger, moving through this land, having his his um, vision on uh, his heavenly calling. And verse 10 it says here, And when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being uh, being opened in his chamber towards Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did before time. So he just continued doing what he was doing. He must have known that he's breaking the law and that he could lose his life, but he wasn't attached to this world. He knew he was a stranger. He was different to everyone around about him. And so he just continued doing uh, what he did. But I want to read the backstory because this, there's more to Daniel than just this action. There was lots, Daniel, um, had lots happening in his life. And in chapter seven, if you turn to that, this is the backstory. And this is why Daniel was, um, the way he, he was because he knew lots of things. He had, um, a heavenly vision. So, Daniel is not in uh, chronological order, so chapter 7 takes us back um, to uh, Belshazzar, the king of Babylon, because he's here with Darius now, so further on. So we'll just read in verse 1, the first year of Belshazzar, the king of, the king of uh, Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions uh, of his head upon his bed. Then he wrote the dream and told the sum of the matters. Okay, that's really good that he did that because now we've got those dreams, we've got those visions. And so they um, tie in with our vision. That It, it sort of builds our picture. Um, and what Daniel, we won't read the whole thing, I'm just going to take out the bits that apply to us, but this vision here was a vision of the four beasts and they came out of the sea and Daniel, uh, was, it was revealed to Daniel the order of the kingdoms, that there was going to be, uh, like he was living in the, the kingdom of Babylon, and next was going to be the Medes and the Persians, and after that was going to be the Greeks, and after that the Romans, first the military version of the Roman Empire, and then secondly the spiritual uh, version, which we're still in. We are now still in that period of time, and that's why we're right at the end of the age. And so Daniel gets these visions, and to help us build our vision, we're going to read them out because this is what's going to happen. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we might be sitting here. Who knows if we're going to make it to the end of camp and boom, it's, you know, camp's over. We're changed. We're out of these bodies and we're into this vision. And so that's the reality of um, the life that we're living. So go down to verse 13. So Daniel sees these visions 
And we're going to read some of them. This is all to do with the Lord returning. So verse 13, it says, And I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought uh, brought him near before him. And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all uh, people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, uh, which shall not be destroyed. So here it is. This, this is what's, what's going to happen. And it's, it's, it's in our, it's part of our vision now. And, and I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit in the midst of my body. And the visions of my head troubled me. I came near unto one of them that stood by and asked him the truth of all this. So he told me and made me to know the interpretation of these things. These great beasts, which are for four kings, which shall arise out of the earth. But the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. Okay, so this is, this is us. This is, this is what's going to happen. Daniel's looking at all these things. He's going, what am I seeing here? And he's seeing us taking the kingdom. And we're not taking the kingdom for a short period of time. This is, this is our life. Uh, we read, um, earlier in camp, Colossians chapter three, that, you know, our life is dead here and our, and our life is hid with Christ. And when Christ shall appear, we shall appear with him in glory. And this is part of that glory. Um, go down to verse 26. It tells us a little bit more of what we're going to be involved with. Verse 26, but the judgment shall sit and they shall take away his dominion. This is the, the dominion of the current power of this world to consume and to destroy it to the end. And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole, whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the most high, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and all dominions shall serve and obey him. So that, that's, that's what's going to happen. And in verse 28, Daniel sees all this, all these things. And I love the last line here. It says, he kept the matter in his heart that he held on to this vision and he put it in his heart. And so when the decree was given in chapter six, about worshipping another god, he's going, no way, because I know too much. I can't, if you're going to take my life, take my life, but I can't um, not worship the Lord. And so he, set, he sets his face in Jerusalem, and he's just, he's just continued on that way. And so Daniel was not attached to this world. He desired a better country, a heavenly country, um, and... He lived in a pretty amazing city and a pretty, uh, like, uh, you know, the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. Everything, like, it's one of the ancient wonders of the world. He's living amongst all these things. Lots of people were sold out and they went, oh, you know, this is a, this is an amazing kingdom. Look at Babylon. It's ruling the earth. It's got so much gold in here. There's so, it was, it was a pagan superpower and, Daniel's looked at the pagan superpower and said, no, I've got, I've got the living God. I've got the visions that he's given me. 
I know the prize and it's not, it's not this. Um, and if we liken that to this world, well, you know, if you look at this world and forget about the heavenly vision, it might look impressive and you, you get in and people start getting involved in it. But then when you switch it and apply the heavenly vision, it doesn't compare. And so the Lord just says, keep your eyes on me. Keep your eyes on the word of God. Keep your eyes on the things that I'm, I've given you already. And uh, you won't be deceived with uh, this world and uh, how much this world tries to impress us. There'll be nothing to exchange. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. We'll have a look at how we maintain our vision and the tools that we have. Because the Lord wants us there, and all the people said. He wants us there on his day. That's why he died for us. And in Romans chapter 8, there's lots in Romans chapter 8, so I've just picked out a few things here. But they're tools and and things that we need to understand for us to keep on overcoming and, and making sure that we don't get connected to this world, making sure that our life, is, is with Christ there. So start in verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Uh, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Praise the Lord. That's, that's what's happened. Um, the Lord has ripped us free of this world, as we heard um, yesterday, we've been ripped away. We've been teared from this world and now we belong to, to the Lord. And the Lord says here that I've paid the price for your sin and now you're mine. So I'm going to look after you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to place my spirit within you so that I'm available in any time. Like you don't, I'm with you at any moment, any time, any place. I'm there. And this is, reinforcing that. We'll go to verse 5. Here it's showing us what's actually happened when the Spirit of Christ has come in us. Verse 5 it says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. goes on to say, To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And we all, we've all experienced this, like when you try to do things in your own strength, as a brother was, was talking about, um, there's no, it's not peaceful and there's no, you know, things get in your way. But once you hand things over to the Lord and you, you trust him, you're obeying him, you're being molded by him, uh, there's life and peace. And so in the Lord, if we're feeling a bit, if life's got complicated and we're feeling a bit, you know, uh, not, not under, things aren't gelling and, and you're sort of not being molded by the Lord. It's, it's because the natural mind is, is getting in the way and you just have to go back and remember the testimonies that we read. You know, Abraham simply obeyed God and things got very simple for him because anything that God said, he did and he didn't apply his natural wisdom to it. He just did what God said. And uh, again, this is what it's, it's saying here. It goes on because to be carnally minded, to be naturally minded, carnally minded, is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Okay, we can't sit there and go, oh, uh, the natural mind will come good. Just give it a bit of time. No, it doesn't come good. 
it's always opposite. So that's pretty easy. You just don't listen to it. Now, the natural mind doesn't come good. Uh, verse 8. So then that they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God, uh, the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Okay, this is what makes us different because as a fellowship, we've come to realize that nothing happens without God's spirit um, indwelling, that God's spirit inside, and that we know that we have God's spirit. It's already been testified here uh, this morning is because God's spirit comes in, we speak in tongues. It's that manifestation that is given to us in Acts 2, the first time. The way that it's defined there is just repeated. And God blesses us here. Most of us are filled with the Holy Spirit. And anyone that's not filled with the Holy Spirit on our meetings are kids or people visiting. And so that's signs following the teaching. Because if, we, if we've got that wrong, then there should be 40% of us speaking in tongues and the others with, with everything else. But it's, it's not that way here. God, we have been given the teaching by God and God's blessed it with signs following because we all have the same manifestation of the Spirit. We speak in tongues. And we look for that and it, and it happens. Let's go to verse 16. So being connected to the Lord now, these verses here, this Spirit, because we've got it and we can define it and we understand when we get it, the Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon, this is the Australian part, for I reckon uh, that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. We're collectively helping, our ch helping each other get to the kingdom of God. We're helping each other, uh, we're encouraging each other here, saying that, you can't even comprehend what verse 17 is. We're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. That may, you know, um, we're equal. You know, the, 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 um, vision and the, the reward is that we're with Christ and everything that Christ has, he's given us, which, you know, I can't get my head around that, but I'm, I'm in it, Lord. And I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to exchange that bit for anything, joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And what we read in Daniel is what that's all about. Jesus coming upon the earth, the first stage, ruling and reigning and, and being the king of kings and that kingdom going forever. That uh, once the Lord sorted out this earth, there's more. It's the ages to come. And we're involved in all that. We've, uh, as soon as we're found worthy and we're, we're changed, and we're part of the first resurrection. There's no more overcoming. We're part of Jesus Christ. We've got, it. we've got it all. And the Lord has put us together to encourage each other to be there on that day and not to get sidetracked. All right, we'll just continue on here. Verse 24, go down to verse 24. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is, that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why does he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, 
uh, then do we with patience wait for it? And that's what we're doing. We've, we've got this, we've got this faith. We've got this vision. It ha- it's not a reality at the moment, but it will be. We'll be part of it. And that's why we keep on, uh, coming. That's why we're, we're headed in this direction. That's why we keep on be, uh, we're still strangers to this world. Nothing is tying us to this world and, and nothing is, uh, making us change course. That we're pilgrims and we're heading uh, to a place. And this is what helps with our faith. And and the Lord has given us the ability to pray to him in the spirit. Verse 26, likewise, the spirit also helps with our infirmities, our weakness to overcome the natural mind we were talking about earlier. We know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searched the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. This is so we don't miss out. We can come to the Lord, and it's a bit of a reminder, we can come to the Lord with anything. And the Lord wants us to pray in his Spirit because uh, that's the only way we will build ourselves up. It's to build ourselves up so that we can be part of uh, what we've just read there. Let's go to verse uh, 30. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. To whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. Okay, so that's that's the course of action and that's what we're going to be. But we're going to be glorified. So what what can stop this from happening? Well, if we read these verses here, um, nothing if you've got your heart set on the Lord. Verse 31, what shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? And all the people said, if God's on our side, how can we fail? And we just need not to change sides. Just don't change sides. That's, that's how simple it gets. That's what I tell people. You know, they get their eyes off the Lord. Why are you doing that? You know, it's it's just, there's no, you know, just... Just keep your eyes focused on the Lord. There's no alternative. Just make, sh- just put it in your mind that there's, there's no choice. There's, there's only, just keep it simple. Just follow the Lord. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up uh, for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? And that's pertaining to this life and the next. And we just read that we're joint heirs with him. He's going to give us everything. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. So when we, when we're filled with the Holy Ghost, it's God that justifies. So no one can accuse us of anything. It's, it's God that is going to judge us. And, and if we, we approach the Lord humbly, walk in the spirit, thank the Lord for, um, his grace and just be in service to him, where it says here that, uh, you know, the Lord's going to save us. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. How powerful is that? It's the Lord making intercession for us. And it's a, a reminder here this morning. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril, or sword. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. 
we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all things we are more than conquerors through him that has loved us. And that's the thing. that It's Jesus is the one that loves us. Jesus is the one that's going to overcome all these things for us because he intercedes for us. We're connected to him because we're filled uh, with his spirit. Okay, let's uh, finish. We'll go to Revelation. Oh, sorry, I didn't. I might read the next two verses. You can't. You can't just leave it there. Verse thirty-eight. For I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Praise the Lord. We'll go to uh, Revelation chapter twenty-one. This is our city, folks. This is our destination. This is um, written here in the Word of God for us so that um, if we do get sidetracked and we're looking at this world or the Hanging Gardens of Babylon or whatever this world tries to throw at us, we read these scriptures here because this is um, it's in our minds. It's, in, it's, it's there, but it hasn't been revealed yet. But in our minds, because we're living in the kingdom of God, it has been revealed. We know that it's only a matter of time and this is going to be reality. So let's read it together and let's be encouraged by what the Lord has given us here. Verse 1 it says, And I saw a new heaven and new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for a husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, nor, nor shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. They're going to happen. There are amen. And all the people said, that's it. It's, it's what, it's, that's what we've set our sights on. This is what we want to be part of. Verse six, it says, and he said unto me, it is done on the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And I will give to him that is the thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. And he that overcomes shall inherit all things, and I'll be his God, and he shall be my son. What a wonderful encouragement. What a wonderful vision. And we understand this because we have the Spirit of God. We understand this because we are now connected with the Lord. And if this, if our natural mind gets in the way and we're, we sort of get sidetracked, just remember as we re read these scriptures here, that we've, we've got the Lord, we can pray in the Spirit. And as we pray in the Spirit, it connects us back to God and it releases us from wherever this world has, uh, this world has latched onto us in some way. We pray in the Spirit and there's a release and the vision is restored. So folks, as we remember, uh, the Lord's sacrifice today and what He's given us, He, He died on the cross to give us this vision. He's died on the cross that um, we are now strangers to this world and we have a totally different destination. It is a heavenly 
uh, calling. It is this amazing city, the New Jerusalem, is what we're part of. And all the people said, Amen. Amen.